Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. The greatest story ever told, living story. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe. And they were amazed, and they said to them, do not be amazed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him. And while they were mourning and weeping, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. And after that, he appeared in a different form to two of them, which the two of them were two disciples, while they were walking along on their way to the country. And they went away and reported it to the others. But they did not believe them either. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves, and they were reclining at the table. And he reproached them, chastised them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, and preach the gospel to all creation. And he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who disbelieves shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover." So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. My, my hope and my prayer is that, is that today that this isn't just a story that we read about every year. And it just kind of be another story that we read. But it be a story that comes alive and that it, it so impacts you and changes you that the interior of your life will be such that you cannot be complacent, apathetic, indifferent, but you have to do exactly what the disciples did. And that is that they went out and preached everywhere. 
They went out and preached to everyone the good news that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And in that, they were so impacted by Jesus that it transformed their lives. Their lives were were transformed from the inside so that they were compelled to go out. Jesus did not have to coerce his disciples. He didn't have to bend their arm. He didn't have to put that big heavy on them. What compelled them to go was love. But before they went out, he did one thing. And he had to rebuke them. He had to spank his boys one last time before he went home to be with the father. You know, but, but his loving spanking of his boys brought them into reality because the scripture says that they didn't believe. You got to think about it. I mean, they're, they've been with Jesus for three and a half years. They saw more miracles and more things happen that the scripture says that that the Bible, every book in the world couldn't contain what took place. They saw all that, and he told them many, many times, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come alive and rise from the grave in three days. He couldn't have said it more plainly to them. And then all of a sudden, the people are coming in and, and coming around the disciples, and they're saying, he's alive! He's risen! And they're like, no way. There's no way. And he comes in, and when the Lord rebuked them, I, I know he had love in his eyes, but, he, but, you know, sometimes the chastisement of the Lord brings you into revelation. Sometimes you have to be shaken in your, in your level of unbelief so that you come into the revelatory realm of God and you understand the mysteries of all of heaven. That is that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose from the grave. The greatest mystery revelation of all time, but they had to be corrected. And what that correction did, it brought them into revelation. Aha, exactly, that's what Jesus had been talking about all this time. And then it says, it removed the hardness of their heart. You know, our hearts can grow hard because of a story that is just a story, but it's not something that we really believe. Our own salvation in Jesus should impact us so much where he has rescued us. Has anybody been rescued in this house? Okay. If you've been rescued from death, hell, and the grave, you got a reason to really be excited. And you got a reason to share some good news. And you got a reason to get out of your seat and be compelled to not just leave this sanctuary thinking, well, that was, that was a nice service. We'll give them, a, we'll give them an eight, you know. That, that, was, that was nice. Give them a little hand clap, you know. A little Tiger Woods, yeah, okay. Um, but the reality is, is that this, the message of the good news of Jesus Christ is something that ought to really change our life. It changes the way we think. It should change the way we act. It should change the way we even perceive life. The disciples did not have the right perspective of who Jesus really was. They're, they needed to be corrected, 
brought into reality of the revelation of Jesus, but they did not see. You know, Job in Job 42, it says that, that now my eyes see. Now my eyes truly see who God is. He didn't see the actual, he didn't see Jesus, but he had revelatory eyes. He was once blind, but Job says, now I see. I understand now. So has love impacted you so much that it's changed the very chemistry of your life? Has love so touched you that if you see somebody that you know is hurting and is down and out, are you so compelled that you need to share with them the good news? The greatest love story that we talk, that we're, we're talking about should compel you. There should be some movement in your life. You just don't go home and have a PBJ and take a nap and say, well, that was just a nice time. You're like, go as the disciples did and they preached everywhere, everywhere. They went everywhere. They were so taken. You gotta think about this. I mean, Peter, when he denied Jesus, and, and all, he hears the cock crow, and, and the Lord looks at him. And he's denying, I, I don't know that guy. And Jesus said to the people that witnessed his resurrection, go and tell the disciples and Peter, Meet me in Galilee. And his love transformed his life, Peter's life on the seashore. Peter, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Go feed my sheep. His love forgave him. Peter was, was so moved by it. It says that, that in, in his death, in Peter's death, he so honored the Lord that he did not want to be crucified straight up he wanted to be crucified upside down. His heart was so taken by his Savior. So today we celebrate the glorious truth that Jesus has risen from the grave. And he has death, the keys of death, hell, and the grave in his hand. And in that, there's nothing that the enemy can bring your way that can defeat you in your own personal life. So I want to say to you today, let's allow the word of God, which is alive, inactive, share the greatest story ever told and let the love of Christ fill your heart up so that you're compelled to go out and tell he is risen indeed. This is not just a, another day. It's a day, it's our launching pad. We're to be launched from here into the atmosphere and to go forth. But there's, my prayer today is that we begin to have new eyes just as Job did. You know, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.14. And I want to read this from the Passion Translation. For it is Christ's love 
that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. And this means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. When we receive the love of Christ, we need to be willing to allow it to change our lives. We need to allow it to change our behavior. We need to allow it to change our actions, what we say, what we do. The love of Christ will influence every decision that you make in life. It has a way of just impregnating you to motivate you to walk in the ways of God in every decision that you make in life. His love isn't just an emotion. It's a way of life. You, you live a new life. You might have walked with the limp, but now you run. You don't limp anymore. So what makes Christ's love so compelling? The one aspect to it is that is that it includes a sacrifice. The fact that the two, you cannot separate love and sacrifice. They are co-joined together. Christ's love is mingled with his death through his sacrificial love. God brings us into this intimate relationship with him. And most of all, it's a love that, that that conquered death, hell, and the grave. Let me say this. Has anybody ever watched uh, this? I used to watch it with my kids called um, The Princess and the Bride. Anybody ever, anybody ever seen that? Anybody, raise your hand. Let me see if you've seen it. Come on. I know it dates some of you, but, huh? Is it Princess Bride? Princess Bride. All right. Well, you know that, that the innocent and lovely little buttercup had thought that uh, pirates had killed her, her true love, Wesley. And to make matters worth, worse, the evil prince, um, Humperdinck, has forced her uh, to be engaged. And after a while, Buttercup discovers that he's not dead. And Wesley comes back to rescue her. And he asks her, well, why didn't you wait for my return? And she said, well, because I thought you were dead forever. And his reply really is classic. Death cannot stop true love. All I can do is delay it for a while. I love that. I can only delay it for a while. But, you know, some of us will do crazy things for love. Has, has, has there any husbands in this house that have done crazy things for love? Yep. I imagine you guys, I'm seeing a lot of smiles. I've done some really, really crazy, dumb things. But you know the one thing is that the love of Christ was not just an emotion. It was something that so moved him that you know what really held Jesus on the cross? It was love. 
Love held Jesus on the cross. He, he was there. He, he, he could have easily come down anytime he wanted. His love for you hung him on the cross. He stayed there. And he experienced everything imaginable, unimaginable. It just, he experienced all of our sin, bored into his body, even allowed himself to be separated from his father when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he hung there because of love. You know, there's, there's a lot that we can go through in life, trials and testings and, and difficulties. But there's nothing that will sustain us more through the trials and the testings than the love of Christ. When the love of Christ has been poured out in your heart, you're able to persevere and walk through almost unthinkable things that we can all experience in this life. It is a love that transforms us. And I want to just talk just in the last um, several bit of, uh, little bit of time here, what love does in transforming us to walk a new life. The first thing that love does when we are transformed by the compelling love of Christ is that we become a new person. Do you know that your old person was nailed to the cross with Jesus? Your old person has died and you are now a new person, a new person in Jesus' name. And that's an incredible thought because we know that we're forgiven, we know that our sins are washed away, but there's an incredible reality that we are made anew. Old things have passed away. All of your old life has been nailed to the cross. And now you are a new creature in Christ. But the reality of this is that sometimes we don't live like that. You know, it, it might be that we, we don't understand things well or, or we don't hear things well or, or we don't see things well. You know, um, my wife, you know, she's telling me, you know, she tells me a little bit here and there, you know, I'm, you know, honey, your hearing's starting to go bad. And uh, I don't know if it's selective hearing or not, but I just know that, you know, at times, you know, my, my hearing is being challenged, I'll say that. Um, uh, and there's, a, there's an old couple that was sitting outside in their rocking chairs one afternoon. And um, she looked at her husband of 60 years and said, I am proud of you. He turned to her and said, I'm tired of you too. She said, thanks. She looked around at the trees moving and said, it's windy today. He said, no, it's not, it's Thursday. She said, me too, I'll go get us some lemonade. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see things clearly. Sometimes we don't hear things clearly. But the love of Christ will transform you on the inside that you see things through new eyes and you hear things with new ears. Your whole life is gonna look differently because you're gonna see it through the lens of heaven and not through this earth. It is the reality of what love does. Love transforms you from the inside out. 
It gives you a whole new life and a whole new perspective. You know, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, Scripture says, a man looks at the outer. He looks at our outer flesh, appearance. But the Lord looks at our heart. He's looking deep inside you and he sees something that sometimes we don't even see in ourselves. But the love of Christ gives us a new perspective in life. But also, when a person is transformed by the compelling love of Christ, we're given a new position. We're not just given, we're not just a new person with a new perspective, we're given a new position. And our new position is that we're now ambassadors of Christ. We're friends of Christ. We're sons and daughters of Christ. We are fashioned into this new family that is so loving and so kind. And this really is to be the most loving family on planet Earth, right here. There's no better place on Earth to be loved than in the family of God. And it's where it happens, where life happens. It's where we encourage one another. But in that, we've got to see things that the love of Christ has made us ambassadors that is reconciling the world back to the Father. Our job is to go out there and to bring them home and to declare just the same love that has touched you and transformed your life, you go out and share that good news with other people. But also, when a person is transformed by the compelling love of Christ, he's given new power. You know, the beautiful thing is, is that when the disciples went out, the word says that when they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. You know, I'm sure it was very comforting to the disciples to know you know, Jesus, you're really here with me. You're not sending me out alone. I'm not going out into the highways and byways, you know, going around these corners alone. You're with me. You're with me wherever I go. And in that, his power was surging through them that when they laid hands on the sick, eyes were opened. People were healed. It even says that the people in Acts They brought out the lame and the sick and they put them on stretchers and they laid them on the ground and they were watching as Peter walked by hoping that his shadow would just touch them. His very shadow was healing people. Now that's some power, don't you think? When your shadow has the ability to bring healing and transformation in somebody's own personal life, but we have a power resident within us. And his name is Jesus. Jesus was ministering through his disciples the wonder and the power of Almighty God. He was ministering healing. He was ministering healing to the people. And you know what so amazes me about the love of Jesus is that when he was in the midst of the multitude and throngs of people, thousands of people were all around him. It says that everyone that was with him was healed. He laid hands on everyone. There was not a person that that went by in that whole multitude. It says that everyone was healed. I mean, that's an amazing love. 
If you're thinking of thousands of people and Jesus spent time to see every single person in the crowd because that's what love does. Love goes to everyone. Love is not singling out certain ones. Love sees all and cares for all. And that's what our Savior did. We serve an amazing God who loves us so much that he gave up his only begotten son that no one would perish, but everyone would have eternal life to put their trust in him. So I declare to you today that this story is alive and active. The story of his resurrection is one that is still impacting people this day more than ever. I've heard reports here recently from the Billy Graham Association that that thousands upon thousands, Gigi told me this, Gigi Graham. She said thousands upon thousands are coming to know Jesus through the message of the gospel preached through Billy Graham. And an amazing aspect of this was, was Graham Dietrich, which was Ruth's son. And Ruth's son, Graham was, was one that uh, has not been walking with the Lord. And, and he was very challenged by many things. But I met with him this week, and he says, you know what? I was so transformed by the love of God as I drove in the motorcade. He said, and I drove and I saw thousands of people honoring my grandfather. And he said, there were people all over the highway and all over the, 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 the over, overpass. And they had flags. And he said, old men in, in their blue jeans were standing there holding the Bible and giving honor and tribute to his father for what he's done over the years. In preaching the gospel of Jesus, he said, you know what? My life has forever changed. I realized that this is, this is the first day of my life forever. I have been so changed. He says, I, I've been so moved by the love of God. And in that, he says, I don't know what to do. I might quit my job. I don't know. I might just go preach the word everywhere. I said, well, you might. You got the genes, baby. You know? <laughs> I said, who knows? The very mantle on your grandfather could be on you. Preach the word. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for what he's done for me. And I'm so grateful for what he's done for you. I imagine the testimonies that we saw today could be told by everyone here. I was once lost, and now I'm found. I was in darkness, now I've seen the light. He rescued me 
from drug addiction and from hell. He rescued me from a life of immorality, sexual perversion. He rescued you, he rescued you, he rescued you. He does that so well, doesn't he? He rescues you. He saves you. In spite of yourself, he knows that so many times we're stumbling over ourselves. And he says, come on, just come on, come here, get up. Give me a hug, come on, it's gonna be okay. I'm telling you, if you've not received Jesus, and your life isn't where you know it should be. You know you're in sin, and you know you're in darkness. I tell you that there's an amazing love waiting for you. And his name is Jesus. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. There's no sin that he can't forgive that you have committed in your own life. Just say, Jesus, I'm a wreck and I need you. You know, the gospel is just real simple. I'm a wreck and help me, Jesus. I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. And I receive what you've done on the cross. Dying for my sin. And I want to walk with you. I'm tired of being alone. Some of you are tired of doing life alone. And it's time. It's time. Love has found you. So I want you all to stand with me. And as they lead us in this song, if you know you just need to get your life right with God, you know it's time. I, I want you to come forward. I want you to be brave enough to get away from your seat, come forward. If you've been backslidden, if you've been away from God and you're like, you know what, God? I need you. I've been so lost these last two, three years. It's time to come on home. It's time to get your life right today with Jesus. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward. If you need Jesus in your life, I want you to come forward. So let's worship. And during this song, if you need the Lord, I want you to come on up here now. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.